0: Well hello and welcome to the Peterborough Podcast. My name's Kev Lawrence and I've been presenting breakfast radio shows in the city of Peterborough since the late 1990s.
1: And I'm John Baker and I've been a local journalist in Peterborough for not quite as long. And
0: each episode, for as long as it takes, we will talk about things going on in and around our city from politics to posh less posh at the moment not too much to say about that as we speak uh, but any kind of peterborough talking point we're going to discuss it we'll be honest we'll be relevant we'll be positive where we can be it's not about holding people to account and it's certainly not about slagging off our city it's about celebrating our city and being informative and being local and if um, if you've got any comments or suggestions for talking points you can email me kev at pcrfm.co.uk episode 10 john
1: We've reached double figures. They said it couldn't be done. <laughs> they were wrong. They were wrong!
0: <laughs> On the menu today, um, one of the big talking points will be the Peterborough City Centre Fountains.
1: Cathedral Square. There is a social media poll that has been launched to see whether people want to keep them or not.
0: Yeah, it's a big talking point. It's a bit of a hot potato, really. Mm. Um, and I know it's divided opinion in the city. <laughs> uh, we'll get onto that right At the top of the show, I think, at the top of this podcast. But just a couple of other things to mention. We're we're also going to be uh, reflecting on some really happy news for the two charities that we've talked about recently on our podcast. Up the Garden Bath and Little Miracles. Some wonderful news to share from both of
1: those charities. And, 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 Armed Forces Day returning to Peterborough, which is good news. And our guest today is Del Singh. He's going to be reminiscing about Octopussy, some of which was filmed in this city yeah. 40 years ago. We're going to so. need to
0: try and find some James Bond music from when we talked to Del Singh. About they
1: used to call me odd job, you know. They call you odd job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Mini n- odd job. A knick as well. <laughs> knick knack. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It's me to laugh. Um, oh, I don't mind. I like, I like bringing it up. Odd job. <laughs> <laughs> not really
0: anything like odd well, job.
1: shorten rotund. Um,
0: del singh is a a top man Mm -hmm. very well known in the peterborough area and his stories about his involvement in the movie octopussy and the bits of it that were filmed in peterborough are very very interesting and so he is our guest in a little while but let's get straight to this talking point then of the peterborough fountains i know that there was a social media poll that went out basically to try and help the peterborough city council decide on the future of the fountains how would you kind of sum up what that is
1: i think that's what what you said so this poll uh, has been launched to ask people whether we they think we should continue to spend money on the fountains in Cathedral Square. They've been there since 2010, or work started on 2010. Um, it's believed that it could cost around or more than thirty five thousand pounds to get them working properly because they've been off for quite a while. So
0: that thirty five grand is that to um, fix them, or is that to maintain them, or you know what's that money for?
1: Regular yearly spending on the water feature, which is what I'm uh, from our press release, includes routine maintenance, water testing, the cost of water and chemicals. Um, That's twenty thousand, and then additional fifteen thousand would be needed this year to get the fountains working, including an upgrade to the dousing unit system pump, which maintains the correct chemical balance
0: okay so that's what the money's been spent on why have the city council decided to ask this question via social media campaign why can't they just make that decision themselves they are elected officials uh, making these big decisions on our behalf why have they gone to social media
1: well let's put it let's flip it around if you look at comments on social media People always say, well, the council will do what they want anyway, don't they? They, they? they don't listen to words. They don't do this, that and the other. Well, this is literally giving them, it's in effect a, a referendum. although it's not binding, of course, but it's giving a, a people a chance, an easy chance, a 21st century way of communicating what they think about these fountains? You've just said it. It is quite a divisive matter. Uh, this is something that's been pushed by uh, the leader of Peterborough City Council, Wayne Fitzgerald. Um, he said that they've become more prone to faltering as they've got older. They needed more. They need did more maintenance. There's the issue of whether they um, stop certain events going on whether they're you know whether there's something the city needs maybe the city needed it a while ago maybe people don't want them anymore maybe people just are sick to the back teeth of them and well, um, there'll there be,
0: pe- be people sick to the back teeth of them when they don't work yeah and let's face it they haven't worked a lot of the time mm. which i think has been a bit of an embarrassment to the city council i'm not saying it's their fault but you know, so often that's one of the big attractions for the city centre. Mm. Come in during the warmer months; the kids will love it. It kind of brings people into the city centre. Families that have got little ones. W- when those fountains first went up, I thought they were great. Mm. I've got images of my kids running around in the water. You know, some really sort of attractive feature for the city centre. But if they've been plagued by issues yeah. and they've cost a lot of money to keep maintaining, you know, maybe they've had their day.
1: Maybe uh, certainly them not working. Hasn't helped their cause, definitely. And there's a lot behind the scenes. I don't know everything that's gone on there, but there is a lot behind the scenes that's happened as well. And there's also the question of whether £35,000 should be used elsewhere anyway, you know, whether it should be, be used. A lot of people have said, get rid of them, make the city centre much more decorative, put up hanging baskets, put more planters up, um, get two cleaners in. Uh, this is, these, are, these are some of the comments that the council Cleaners? Had. Exactly. Um, as in clean the city yeah yeah yeah. as in well well, well, this is something we're talking about what goes on on social media what people say one of the things that people always say is oh the city's dirty it's one of the reasons i don't come into the city it's one of the reasons that i don't like like shopping there as much as i used to so could it be that we would clean up the city more i mean it's sad that we have to do that but we know you and i have spoken many times about littering and fly tipping and graffiti and all the things that we wish people didn't do but they do do and maybe that's another thing to do, or maybe that thirty-five thousand pounds could be spent on something completely different.
0: Well, I think there's always opinion um,
1: for this, 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 or this. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. if
0: you if you're talking about spending thirty-five thousand pounds of taxpayers' money, it's really easy to say don't spend it on fountains. Spend it on you know something for the homeless. Spend it on something for, for the I don't know whoever. There is always people that need funding. Always. Yes. But we're talking about the fountains mm-hmm. because you know they're in they've been there a long time i do think it's interesting that the council have decided to go down this social media poll route um I've got sort of various thoughts running around my head. As I look at photographs now as we speak, I can see the, the fountains in operation. A beautiful mm-hmm. photo. The water flying up, the steps of the Guildhall behind. You know, it's kind of a unique feature for the, the city centre. I know other cities have had them and yeah. they've been successful. But I, I'm interested in asking your opinion on this. How much engagement has there been on social media? Hardly any or loads. In other words, do people care?
1: They definitely care they definitely care uh the simple fact is that we've had thousands of engagements across multiple platforms so obviously it's gone on the peterborough city council's facebook page uh peterborough telegraph wheel of peterborough my site the iron um fy peterborough tons of comments um and um what's what's the
0: in terms of say say tons of comments thousands of engagements Mm. Has it been easy to kind of filter them through and and get a resounding keep them or don't keep them answer?
1: It it seems to be at the moment that it's it's, um, tilted in favour of not keeping them. Uh, So, and I, I think... I don't think that's a particular surprise. I don't think it is. If you look back over the years, you know, people just say that they're, they're a waste of money and should never have been there in the first place, etc., etc. Like you say, though, I just I stumbled upon a piece that the Peterborough Telegraph did a looking back piece not so long ago, and yeah, it looked it looked amazing. You know, when uh, it was when John Peach was leader of the council, um, and he said interestingly enough that they became um, a centerpiece, and. Uh, he believes that some of the restaurants that moved into Cathedral Square wouldn't have gone there without them. So, you know, we don't we don't know. Um, but it's it, it's part of an overall argument about what Cathedral Square should be used for and what actually what what, what do we want it? Do we want more of the cafe culture um, that, that that was suggested and has been suggested? You know, been around. Have now removed their partitions, and everything out there. But they may reinstall rein- something similar. We've already got. Francomanca and various other things there. We've got um, the, the Guild Hall. Do we use that space efficiently enough? I'm not sure whether we do or not. Is there space for more artworks, for more statues, for more events? I think that's something that really we could do with you. You know, you host the Christmas light switch on every year. How good is it? Mm-hmm. How many events could we do like that? Do we need to be more positive and proactive in putting more more events there
0: are you suggesting then that if we kept the fountains these fountains get in the way of stuff like that
1: I don't know (coughs) I don't know that's an interesting it's an interesting um, argument isn't it I mean we're not helped by the weather particularly I don't want to go sort of too far down that route because that's something none of us can control but it certainly is that uh, we get these two or three months of the year where it's probably warm enough generally in Britain to have them on um, I'm not necessarily suggesting that. I just think that it's if, it, if it's um, a central piece of a, of a of a of a square, you'd think that you'd probably want to get more use out of them than we probably do. when mm. we just, you know, it's you're going to say something. What yeah, well,
0: ask? I've just read um, how much it's cost to run the fountains since 2010, 2011. Right, two hundred and eighty thousand eight hundred sixty-eight pounds, mm-hmm. and that's up until the financial year up to May. 2021. So so it's cost even more since then. That's a lot of money. There's a lot of taxpayer money, you know, uh, over 300 grand it, it would have been. And y- you can't help thinking there is a cost of living crisis on. People are watching the pennies in terms of our own individual household budgets. So spending all of this money on fountains that quite often don't work, I can kind of understand why the overriding consensus is probably against keeping them. Mm. Um but it's a difficult one because yeah. i see arguments on both sides
1: well and uh, um yeah there's all sorts of things isn't there i mean i suspect you're probably right about that and maybe if we'd held this this uh, this poll several years ago we would have got a different response maybe when people's finances weren't so stretched as they are at the moment uh the fact is that th- that this poll is, is 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 there it's asking opinion as i said to you uh, just before we started uh, we've had several thousand votes in fact more votes than any one individual candidate got in the recent elections which tells you that people are <laughs> i know um it, it's, it's it's interesting that isn't it which yeah tells you that that uh, there's nothing against any of the candidates and they do a fine job but it's it's an emotive issue it's something that it is, is noticeable yep. it is visual yep. it is there and Um, it's our money um, it's
0: taxpayers money and if you know this system's getting older it's faltering more and more cash is needed you know to buy parts Mm. uh, it's it, it almost i think answers itself if you're spending a fortune of council money on fountains that are costing more and more to keep running i mean i can't i don't understand how these things even work but you know the water bill You know maintaining the pumps getting the correct chemical balance and all that kind of stuff i know that there's some sort of pit room that i heard councillor Fitzgerald talking about maybe they've just they've they've had their day and we need to move on and stop pouring money down the drain if you pardon the pun um you imagine in the pt paul grinnell writing about it there's all sorts of puns water puns you know splashing out the cash blah 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 when is there going to be a resolution to all of this
1: well we'll see what happens in the poll first, uh, and then a decision will be made later mm-hmm. in the summer. Uh, obviously, it, it will it will be made by the Cabinet, I presume, it's, um, at the Council. If
0: the general consensus is we don't want to keep them, they're not going to
1: turn around and keep them. I sure, would, I that, would, that would be a shock, I right? I would suspect that that would be the case. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's not binding, I have to say that, but um, as you can tell, the very fact that the Leader has actually made this poll happen, Tells you what his thoughts are. I think on it and um, what the future may be of it. And uh, yeah, well, um, uh, Councillor Fitzgerald has said we have to look very hard. Every penny we spend and question whether it's a good use of taxpayers' money. We know a lot of people enjoy it in the summer. It's great. You know, fountains. I was I was at Trafalgar Square yesterday, and you you know you have to see what people enjoy the water there and people enjoy on hot day. Um, Hang
0: them out. Are you comparing Trafalgar Square to Cathedral Square?
1: I'm just merely stating that there are other places where water is uh, there.
0: And where it's beautiful. You're trying
1: to, make, uh, you're trying to put me in a difficult <laughs> no, situation. No, no, If you're
0: to listening to this conversation and you have a comment, feel free to email us, uh, kev at pcrfm.co.uk. Right, let's move on. We did say that there was good news for two charities that we've been discussing on a recent podcast, Up the Garden Bath and Little Miracles. Um, they were both up for... Winning some grant money, some grant funding, and what news can you share, John Baker?
1: Well, Kev Lawrence, I can share with you that they were both successful in that in the People's Projects uh, Lottery funding, seventy thousand pounds on its way to Up the Garden Bath and um, Little Miracles, and um brilliant news, absolutely brilliant news. For so they're both, both getting seventy thousand. They are, yes.
0: What difference will that make to their? to their work
1: well we had dave on here a couple of weeks ago it'll make a massive difference to his mission to put the planters around the city and um in, in that way introduce a more environmental way of living to spruce up the city center to and other areas as and well To get
0: children engaged with get what children engaged living
1: people engaging in environmental factors and matters. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I was going to say what, what living sustainably looks and feels like. Yeah. And and when you speak to Dave, the passion that he's got, I mean, in the last podcast, speaking to him, I and mean, he got so emotional, didn't he? Yeah. He's so invested in this, him and his wife. So to get that 70,000 pounds of funding, it will make a massive difference God, to the lot, work. We got a lot of feedback that on, on that. Us. Yeah, and, we on did. On our
1: videos. Um, and, 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 and great for him, him in, um, They Um, Uh, one thing you might not be aware of is that they're moving into the old paper chase uh, premises at Queensgate with their project Unity where there will be 70 or 80 small businesses going into that for six weeks i think it is and that's used to start imminently so um that will be absolutely amazing to support all these small businesses like crafts and cakes and things like that in there so it's another thing that they've done that's absolutely brilliant helping and as you said uh helping uh, children to become more aware of their environment around them and how food can be sustainable
0: so it's well. up the garden bath going up in the world and same with little miracles now little miracles what a charity mm-hmm you know the work that they do for so many families mm-hmm. that have children you know with with added difficulties learning difficulties uh, and various needs this charity totally deserve that 70,000 pounds i'm so glad that they've um, they've been awarded it wow. and again a massive difference is going to make
1: well yeah and um you know there's a huge team there i speak um I, 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 Probably shouldn't say huge team, but there's a team of hugely dedicated people. That's yes. the way around. Um, and I've I've been there, visited, I, I sat and talked to Michelle for quite a while. Um, and like you say, this will help them to to give these youngsters uh, more support in life, to give them somewhere to go. It's it's, it's brilliant that that these two causes were were recognised by this and such a lot of support for them both because obviously you had to vote for them as well so obviously that shows the, the groundswell of support for up the garden bath and little miracles and it will be interesting to see and heartwarming to see what they spend it on over the next next few months and years
0: okay let's plug an event coming up um armed forces day mm-hmm. for 2023 um going to be celebrated in peterborough city centre on june the 24th with an event in Cathedral Square, we just talked about Cathedral Square and the fountains.
1: Cathedral Square, yeah.
0: Um, there's going to be live music. There's going to be attractions. Um, basically, a day celebrating our personnel for Armed Forces Day. Is this an event that the Peterborough City Council promote, or is this put on independently?
1: It's um, a bit of both. I mean, we've had, obviously we've got connections to it. Um, we are going to be promoting it as much as we can, uh, and it's on June the twenty fourth, as you say. Um, A day of celebration. So there's going to be live music. Obviously there's going to be a ceremonial part to it as well. Um supported obviously from armed forces organizations charities and businesses led by an organized committee there is a lot of information about it um online you can find it on um, our website which is peterborough.gov.uk the pt have done some work on it as well and we'll be doing a lot more i'm going to a meeting to find out more about how the city is pr- uh, promoting it and presenting it some um soon it's going to be great um i love
0: the um i love the names of some of the musical acts booked so on stage during armed forces day in Cathedral Square, you're going to see the D-Day darlings. Um, what a name! Adam Hoffman, Miss Lily Lovejoy, and Major Swing and Kitty. This is an opportunity, I think, for every single family in Peterborough to to get that date in their heads. Mm-hmm. Head into the city centre, do what you have got to do during the day, but find some time to go and be part of the celebrations. Um, it's all free, isn't it? You can. Yeah. You, it's all like just there in the city centre mm-hmm. throughout the day.
1: Yeah, June the twenty fourth. That date from ten thirty. To 4pm, and we should remind people as well. Of course, it's been away for a while because of COVID. So many events have been away, and now are slowly returning. Uh, And if you want to find out more, if you want to see if there's any sponsorship that you can get involved in or to support, etc., you can see on our website peterborough.gov.uk. Councillor Ryland Ray is one of the ones, one of the driving forces behind it. And um, isn't John Fox heavily involved? Yeah, he's the committee chairman as well. So you can get in touch with either of those to and uh show your support or just turn up on the day and enjoy the music and the entertainment and also you know the chance to show some respect to uh our military person yeah
0: and i think it's important that we really do get behind it as a city because of COVID. this event's not been held for a, a little while and I, I think it's creeping up on us quite quickly Mm. It's, it's not long till June the 24th no um so yeah anyone that wants to um, to get involved in it look it up online and just make sure that during the day on that date Saturday June 24th you head into the city center Cathedral Square and go and be part of Armed Forces Day 2023 right our guest is here I think um as we get into our guest delcine today I think it's important that we um, we play some appropriate music <laughs> It is, of course, the world-famous music of James Bond 007, and our guest is here, his name is Del Singh, and he had a big role to play in some ways in the Octopussy James Bond film, part of which was filmed in the city, and there have been some very recent celebrations of this 40th anniversary of the film. Uh, Let's welcome our guest now, uh, Del Singh. Hello, Del
2: kev good morning good to see you john good morning john baker do you know do you two know each other yeah.
0: we do we, we did do a podcast he owes me money yeah <laughs> <laughs> john's got all quiet uh Del, welcome um let's get straight to it octopussy a very famous james bond film much of it was filmed in the city so for those people listening to this podcast who don't know anything about it i mean from the top what
2: when why where how who well the film producers actually wanted to, part of this sort of, um, uh, sort of scene of the film is set in an east-west German border, and there's a steam railway and a train that needs to, it, it, well it's carrying a nuclear device from east Germany to west Germany, which is the part of the plot that Bond's got to foil, um, and that railway is actually Nien Valley Railway, so the producers found Nien Valley Railway, beautiful, uh, you know, a credit to our city, um, and they In the summer of 1982, took over Neen Valley Railway um, for just over a month and filmed what is a 17-minute sequence in the film, so it's quite significant, as well as um, Orton Mir, where there's a a, a sequence where the opening, one of the opening sequences where Agent 009, um, uh, played by stuntman Andy Braddon was actually kind of knifed by the th- menacing knife throwing twins in the film um, so
0: they were so scary then, them, them twins they I mean. were
2: well if you saw them now, you probably wouldn 't be they' they, <laughs> yeah. they, uh, they 're they're, they're a lot older but uh, the Tony and David mayer were amazing um, and so yes so so that 's really the, the whole premise of um, using Peterborough to recreate that and as I said in that summer forty one years ago now um I was asked to join that team in a rather surreal way. It John, do you know about
0: this? Do you know the background to how Del little, got involved? but I would like so, to... So, so Del, <laughs> you were a Peterborough lad. Yeah. It was you and your brother. You were running mobile discos, weren't we you?
2: We were. So, I mean, and I do say this uh, with all sincerity. I don't think anywhere in the UK, the world, uh, the solar system or the universe there were three seek lads running a heavy rock disco i think that's a, a <laughs> definitely a unique to peterborough and um so the sing brothers used to sort of we used to and we used to advertise where we were playing so sort of mostly the village hall so sort of saint john's hall and St barnabas some of these places are now gone and the only way we used to do this was to actually go fly posting so I, I'm, I'm sure the statute of limitations has expired on this now so i can't be arrested for it so i can tell you um so we used to go out there around queen's gate where the boardings were up and get in a car cover paste one of us pasted up the other put the thing on the poster on there and got in the car and drove off before we got our collars felt and
0: And this was in 1982 this is 1982 how old would you have been I
2: I was 19 going on 20 um, and I was just about to go off to university so and obviously pre-iphone's pre-internet the only thing you had was a landline and I got a call and uh, one evening and it's like is this Sing Brothers Disco yes it is Um, I'm thinking here's a guy who wants to book a disco and he said are you a Sikh and I'm yes I'm a Sikh do you wear a turban yes I wear a turban I'm wondering where this is going <laughs> uh, and and I'm thinking maybe it is the council have called up with us the police have called up with us and I'd better hang up and you know we did sadly in those days get some abusive calls from the the national front and people like that because we were often in the papers and they would make threats and uh, I was thinking this is a crank so I'm going to hang up and the guy said no 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 I'm friendly from Eon studios now I'm a Bond fan have been from Connery days and so I knew who Eon were and I was like those guys that make James Bond films yes um we need your help now. For a split second, I'm thinking, you know, I've now been chosen to take over from Roger, and, and, and that's <laughs> it. but that, that soon evaporated out of my head when the guy said, "We need somebody who can tie a turban," and I'm like,
0: "Hold on a minute." So they've called up, verified yeah. that you're a Sikh, yep. Verified that you're Peterborough based yep. And he literally turned around and said, "We need someone that knows how to tie, tie a, a turban." A turban, and
2: I'm like, "Well, yeah, I can, I can do that." And they said, "Well, can you come to what was the Moat House Hotel back then?" I thought would um, the next day um and both my brother and I thought this is still slightly kind of surreal we're going to get there and we're going to get sort of a group of mates jumping out saying kind of what you genuinely sort of what. thought it was a wind up we didn't think it was a wind up I, we even sat there in the reception thinking you know um nobody can come then a guy turns up with a lanyard an octopus lanyard it's going to look a little bit real and then we go up to they take the entire floor of the hotel so top floor and we get up there walk through these doors and I'm instantly. My eyes turn to the left, and I and then it becomes very real because just sitting under this big plume of smoke is Roger Moore with his massive
0: cigar. Hang about. So you walk into this room. Yeah. And there's Roger Moore sat in the Moat House Hotel, what yep. is now the Holiday Inn. Yeah. Under a plume of smoke. Yep. Puffing on a cigar, Correct. and you saw Roger Moore sitting there.
2: I saw Roger Moore sitting there, and that, that that for me is James Bond. I thought this is now real. This has just got real, and this is true. And then. Um, John, of, this is a great story. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we could yeah. just sit here, like, uh, a I plan, I'm doing. having That's a pint, yeah. listening uh, to uh,
0: Dell's recollections. Well, it gets, it gets. What happened mean, after it, that? It
2: gets even crazier because then they sort of the costume people and everyone walk up, and Kabir Bedi, who is the actor who plays the the henchman Gabinda, in the films, he's an Indian actor, quite well known, um, very tall, statuesque chap, but he doesn't wear a turban. So he walks up, and you know, sort of leans down, sort of, and, and hand my hand, and whatever, brother, and. Um, They sort of then produce um, this uh, item and say, can you tie this on his head? And I say, no. And they look at me bizarrely and they said, well, you said you can tie turbans. I said, I can tie a turban, but that's a bath towel. Uh, you know, I, 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 you know, if you'd asked for somebody to tie a bath towel, I could have put you in touch with someone. But this is, is, this, this is not a. a How turbine. long a the turbans then? So, so what they produced was about six foot long, which isn't very long. A turban, including like the one I'm wearing now, it's probably about thirteen, fourteen foot long. So it's a quite lengthy piece of material, folded, folded. Um, and I said that's the, and so as it happens, I bought a turban. It was a grey one that I used to wear at sort of sixth form. And Jack Hunt and I took this turban out and I, I said I'll tie this and they said, Okay. Tied this on his head and immediately it looked the business it did. And he So he, you
0: tied this turban yep. that you wore at school, at yep. Jack Hunt school yep. onto the head of this famous Indian actor yep. and you nailed it.
2: Nailed it. They and he, he stood up and he moved his head around, he said, This is not gonna come off. Because what had been happening was they'd been filming and they'd kind of put this thing on his head, these small turbans, and when you did a little action sequence, a move, it wouldn't fall off or loosen, and this wasn't going anywhere. And he said, and it looked really good, and he goes, I like the colour as well. Because what they'd originally done was um, they'd actually had a slightly reddish colour um, uh, for, for that sequence, and a dark suit. Uh, but because of, I put the grey turban and he liked it so much, he actually said, I want to keep this turban, which meant the wardrobe. they costume people weren't happy with me and then they, they then I changed his entire suit. So the suit got changed to a gray suit. So when you see him on the train sequence, it's a gray suit, it was meant to be dark, it was meant to be red. And I did joke with Kabir on set. I said, Kabir, because he, he's kind of like dark skin like I am, brown skin. I said, you know what? I've, you dodged a bullet with I've saved you because if you wear that big red turban and that, you would have like a match. <laughs> uh and, and you know, james bond was just struck you against the wall and he was absolutely sort of in, in fits Hysterical. he was brilliant but um and then then came the hard part because they then said okay we'll pay you and this is 1982 uh, you kind of get the gig and you we'll, we'll, we'll pay you it's 50 pound a day which it's a fair amount of money seeing as the extras i think we're only getting about 12 quid or 50, 15 quid so a day. you were
0: paid 50 pound a day yeah. during the filming of octopussy simply to advise Kabir on how to wear his turban and to tie it for him every day?
2: Well, actually, no. I got paid more than that. So here's a negotiation that comes into play. So I, I said to them, yeah, but it's not just one of us. You need two of us to do this. They said, no, no, we need one of you. I said, no, but we come as a team. Uh, and the reason we did that was because both my brother and I were working at summer jobs at Christian Salverson's, freezing vegetables. Because uh, we I was going off to uni. He was already at uni. And it's our summer jobs. And we, what we knew was if one was on shift there, the other could do the job. And, and that's the way we did it. So I said, no, we come as a team, both of us. Um, they said, okay, well, £25 each. And I said, no, you just said 50. <laughs> 50 so each. So 50 each. And they were like, no, we can't do this. And I'm like, you're in really on production. You're spending millions on this, but you can't afford it. Thank you. Taking my term. i going home. Bye. Good luck for finding somebody else. For people and he's you know. threatened to... We literally c- walk out and Kabir was the one that he said, no, I want these guys. I like these guys. And, and that was it. So I, I you know, over the weekend, I apologized to John Glenn, the director. I said, John, John, we probably blew your budget on that because of my insistence that we got paid. And so it was a hundred pounds a day uh, in 1982 for literally five minutes' work and just hanging around this and, film set. I, well, it was. Yeah, I mean, that was the, that was the other th- beauty of what I was doing. So where the you know the extras maybe stood, a slight chance of getting the back of their head or a, a long shot in the distance, but it meant that they had to stand outside in all rain, shine, whatever it was. I would literally have access to all areas, and in fact, it, it was quite humorous because when I got there, I saw the film call sheet, and it said "Turban Expert" on location 745. Turban Expert, how good was turban that? Turban Expert, <laughs> nice and, saw, and, and people showing me those call sheets over the weekend, saying, "Oh, you are the Turban Expert," and I'm like, "I am," and um, <laughs> and so uh, so yeah, and you know, once I tied his turban on, you know, the first day it was about five, six minutes, or whatever. The following day. Continuity would come in and they'd have Polaroids of the day before because obviously you had to make sure it looked relatively the same So they'd go around and say that looks a little different Can you pull shut tuck that bit in and whatever and 5 yeah, five ten minutes and it was done and then I would literally hang around set on the basis that it may fall off, which it never did and um, Because I had access to Kabir's trailer, his trailer was directly opposite Roger's trailer um and while he was often filming, I'd often go and watch him filming. And if I wasn't, I'd normally sit there. Roger would be out on the stoop of his trailer with a cigar. He always had a cigar. And um, I would, you know, I made it a point to go and chat to him. And I was, it was a bit nervous, in, nervous at first because I didn't want to come across as just some fanboy and sort of. Uh, so, and I'm a big movie buff and a movie fan. And my favourite actor of all time was the late Richard Burton. And Roger starred with Richard Burton in the Wild Geese. So I actually approached Roger and sort of said to him, you know, Roger, what was it like working with Richard Burton? You know, and um, he said it was, you know, amazing guy, great great actor. But the trouble on that Wild Geese shoot was we had Richard and Richard. And I was like, oh, so you mean Harris? He goes, yes. And he goes, they both had severe alcohol problems. um, And so we lost lots of time filming. Um, because of that so it was a problematic shoot but I said the end result was great he goes yes it was the end result was great and it's a fantastic film and we kind of just hit it off there and we got chatting about stuff and um, I'm not sure if many other people managed to get this out of him but I actually even got his favourite film because I I, had that loaded question so what you know because he too was a film buff, and I said, what, "You know, what's your favourite film?" And he was, "Oh, you have me there. I'm not sort of so." And he turned it on me and he said, he goes, "What's yours?" Because you thought the question, so you must know what yours are. And I was like, well, "Yes, I do." And it's the Thirty Nine Steps, the Alfred Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, yeah, yeah, the very Robert famous Nat. film, and, and that's my absolute favourite film of all time. And he said, you know, "Great choice," and whatever. Uh, and by that time, he did a chance to think, and he said, "High Noon," and I said that's brilliant because remember he was also in maverick the cat as well as a saint he was in the Ma- maverick series which was a western series and so he obviously has a little affinity to cowboys and stuff and i said well actually high noon's brilliant and maybe you know and you could have probably done the gary cooper bit if they ever remake it and his words to me were something should never be remade
0: i love it and,
2: and that was brilliant and he was right and i said oh, maybe i agree with you there. John, can,
0: can you believe we're sitting here on the peterborough podcast listening to dell's stories of working with roger moore on the film Octopus-C. I'm struck by how much he can remember the details hmm. of, of of your conversations with Roger Moore and stuff.
2: It was Well, it was a unique experience. And, uh, and, and I guess, I, in fact, thankfully, my long-term memory is brilliant. Short-term is dreadful. I can't remember whether I put pants <laughs> on this morning. But but my uh, – which I have, incidentally. I was going to say, uh, not uh, checking, uh, not checking. So. i not Check you know, yeah. to yeah. scare anybody on this podcast. But, um, but, no, I mean, my long-term memory, because it was quite an amazing. It was a surreal experience of, of, of doing this. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've kind of lived off the last 40 years. I mean, I, people – if everyone I get to jobs and uh, – People uh, in my IT career, is that people say, an interesting fact about your unique point, And I sort of say, I worked on a James Bond film. And then people <laughs> start asking the question, you oh, know, are you an extra? What do you do? Whatever. And then I said, well, look, you know, I'm not in it, the film, but my hairstyle is. Because strangely enough, it was my school turban that is actually used in the film. Um, and when I tell people that I was turban tire, they kind of are fairly gobsmacked. But the memories are great and in fact this this weekend just... Well gone.
0: let's reflect on it because this weekend it was all in the news that yeah. it was the 40th anniversary and yeah. there were lots of celebrations weren't there. Can you yeah. just give us a, a brief overview of what the celebrations were?
2: Yeah so this weekend was actually the 40th anniversary of the, the release of Octopussy at the Bruce, uh, the cinemas in, in 1983. So it was made in 82 but it hit the cinemas in 1983, Royal Premier, Leicester Square and... Um, uh, yeah so there's 40 years on since it was made and um, uh, myself a local uh, f- a friend of mine my bond buddy Mark Hernandez um, along with a couple of guys uh, a guy called Martin Mulder Hernandez Fritch from one from Holland one from Sweden put together a 40th anniversary thing and I can't believe I mean we 150 people actually mostly mostly from outside Headsborough, many from outside the UK attended. Um, and it wasn't cheap, it was 200 pound a ticket and then hotels and flights and everything on top. So people probably spent up to a grand to travel. And I, I thought I was a bit of a Bond fan, but these people were Bond fanatics. I mean, some of the stuff they would collected, the memorabilia the, and, and stuff they had was just amazing. Um, so they
0: came down to New Valley Railway and yep. saw the location where that scene was filmed, etc. I mean, what are you paying 200 quid for?
2: So, so what they were paying, well, firstly, there were some VIP guests. And I suppose the biggest VIP guest was the legend that is John Glenn, the director of Octopussy. Um, is he still alive? 91 years old. Brilliant, absolutely lucid, great story to tell. I spoke to him while on the train and we were talking Hitchcock, his <clears throat> favourite directors and whatever. And so remarkable. See, John Glenn was there. John who else? Glenn was there. So John Glenn was there. Um and remember he directed five Bond films, so he directed the most out of all the directors full stop. Um there was the lovely, uh absolutely beautiful Christina Wayborn who plays Magda in the film. So she's the kind of um the second kind of lead actress. Um and she's <laughs> She has that fantastic scene in there where she's sort of sitting on the balcony with tied a sari to the uh, balcony in this palace in India, and then mm-hmm. literally does a backflip off the thing and sk- floats down. Yes, and, and she was her. magnificent. And I mean, I I, I can't lie, I, I actually had a massive crush on her when we're filming. I mean, who a nineteen-year-old beautiful <laughs> Swedish blonde? Why wouldn't you have a crush on? her? Bit, the whole uh, cast had a crush uh, on many, her. Many many of us did. But they were, you know, the octopusy girls who are lots of them around and so mm-hmm. on. And so so Christina was there. We had. David and Tony Meyer, the the twins we mentioned, the you know, knife throwing twins that were there, um, who, who as well. And then we had a number of kind of um, uh, a number of Bond girls, and then also some crew, um, stunt guys, whatever. Um, so there was a number of people to meet there. Um. So the whole idea was to spend Saturday for the people that spent their money to come to the scene. And uh, unlike a lot of these Bond conventions that happen in either Pinewood or somewhere like that, and it's just in a, in a room it was great because it was outdoors and NVR is brilliant In Valley Rail was terrific and they and they did a great job they got the engines out the ones that were used in the film and stuff like that so there was a chance to recreate that with a journey from Wansford to Orton Mere where we all kind of got off and then we almost slightly recreated the scene where 009 is kind of killed on the mere In fact, um Andy was one of the stuntmen there on that scene actually puts on a red clown nose and actually Hanging off Orton Mary, He's still doing it, It's nuts um, and, and and so Yeah And then In the evening On Saturday evening um, There was a, a Gala dinner and dance At the Marriott
0: Not the Moat House uh, Or what is Marriott, now The Holiday Inn No no
2: It was, it was the Marriott, Marriott. We, got, we did the Marriott So um, And um, Again it was terrific You know It was a chance For everybody To get a little bit You know were, I've never seen So many tuxes In my life um, So everybody Kind of doing Their best bond I mean remember Some of these people Were quite fanatics A, a fair few Um Aston Martin's in the car park I have to say so some nice. of these people live the lifestyle quite frankly and um, I actually just wore a grey suit and my grey turban so I was d- doing that and in fact a lady came up to me on the night and said I love that bit in the film where you crush the dice
0: so she thought you were well, the was actor was
2: computer, <laughs> you were and, and I had to so burst her bubble
0: John Baker who's co-hosting this I know we've not spoken a lot in this part of the podcast right. tell Absolutely. Tell Dell um, what your nickname was that some people think that you look like a Bond villain.
1: Well two pe- well, odd job. And <laughs> <laughs> okay. knick-knack with a two. two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, because I'm sure um, well, yeah, because, you're, not, yeah, you're not Japanese for a start. Ra- round <laughs> oh, okay. I think he's more of the um, particularly um uh when I was at university and Goldeneye on the N sixty four came out. Oh, okay. And one of, if not the greatest video games. Of all time, and yeah, I quite like being odd job because he was little well, and he could be deadly. It could be worse. He could be small have, have, and if You had a cat You could have been blowfelled. I mean, <laughs> it? <I'm>, a, any <laughs> of them. I've got all. The, I look like all the good-looking guys in it, don't I? So um,
0: the thing is, none of those films that you've just mentioned were filmed in Peterborough at all. Whereas *Octopussy* well, uh, no uh, no, was. No,
1: no, no, no. Oh, no, you're, you're
2: going, going to prove me Rato? wrong. You. Here I'm we go. You there. Okay. Golden Eye has a sequence filmed in Peterborough no at Neen way. Valley Railway. No way, serious. At Neen Valley Railway. In fact, my lovely... Well, I was going to ask
0: about that because we're, we're, we're almost out of time. Okay. So I've got to wrap up in a moment. But you've bought in a book and it's called On Train... No, on it's the train tracks on the
2: train tracks yeah. uh, on the train tracks filming octopussy and golden eye at neen valley railway and this is mark hernandez a lovely book um, it's a collection of i mean he, he he tracked down people that were in the film um, as locals extras etc um you know, he got me, Turban Tire for Hire.
0: Brilliant. Um,
2: and there's loads of great... Is that great a
0: picture of you in 1982? That
2: is. That's me in 1982 next to the kind of Octopusy train. That's me talking to Roger Moore there. Brilliant. Um, and with Kabir Bedi. So, and he, he tracked all this stuff down and put this book out, which, you know... Um, I bet you were selling a lot of them. We sold on, a lot of those and so on. And he autographed them. In fact, this is the surreal part of it. People come in up to me and say, could you autograph my book for me? And I was actually autographing books. Um, you're you know, autographing books. Autographing Delsing,
0: books. the IT expert. Yeah, Peter Brewer, 41 years old. So in
2: fact, it's quite funny because I because I, 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 autographed the pages where I'm kind of featured and I put in there Delsing and I put in there No Time to Tie, um, <laughs> and, and which, which people actually love. They think that's brilliant. So it just goes with my sense of humour. So.
0: I thought you were called the Turban. Yeah. What well, we call the turbine expert? The just
2: put because of the reference to No Time to Die. I thought they're all fond yeah. files, so I thought I'd have a joke on Bond on them. So that
0: well, it. Dale, we've really enjoyed chatting to you. Um, before we let you go, and thank you for for sharing all of that wonderful. all all of those wonderful memories with us about octopussy being filmed in peterborough but john you wanted to ask one question to wrap up with dell and it's a wider bringing it back to sort of 2023 we we started talking on this
1: podcast about the fountains what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts on peterborough's city center as a whole i guess
2: well look i am you know I, i actually love peterborough i mean i did those little magical history tour films of peterborough um and you know, I don't like to be negative about it I must admit the fact fountains as is Aren't a great idea I love the old fountains back in the day And the flower beds And dare I say Even the underground toilets in the city centre um, You know were convenient At your convenience um, But no I'm not a fan of the fountains The fact that you're spending a lot more money Making them and so on And, and whenever I've been in there Occasionally people have kind of like been Messing around with them and stuff So I, th- I think they could do a better job at those
0: Okay so not a fan of the fountains But a fan of the city mm, absolutely. Um 2023. How different is Peterborough now to when you remember it in the 80s? And and what would you what would you say were, were, were the biggest differences?
2: Well, I think that the biggest differences now obviously are we we've got a city centre that isn't quite as crowded with shops and stuff, or it's got shops of a certain kind. There's probably more betting shops per kind of square mile than we used to have back in the day. Um, uh, but look, that's a changing landscape. I think what a lot of people fail to accept is that this is what the country looks like so they, they you know people will moan about Peterborough looking as bad as it is but you know you step outside to any city you'll find those same shops to let online shopping Covid hasn't helped and so on we've lost beautiful department stores like Westgate House uh, John Lewis's closing hasn't been great um, so unfortunately uh, those are changing trends in the way people shop and their habits and yes we've got a landscape that's now also got a number of ethnic shops and stuff which again some people think are good some people don't um, it's just happening all over the place. And I think what you'll find is that we'll, you, you, you know, if somebody's sitting across where you are and doing this podcast in another 20 years' time, they'll be having a totally different view. And they'll probably say, God, Peter in 2023 was magnificent. And now it's dreadful. And, and so I think it's a generational thing. I mean, I remember it from the 60s, 70s, 80s. Um, I think it's you, you know in the moment, you maybe don't appreciate what you've got. And it's only in hindsight you think, actually, it wasn't that bad.
1: Good points. That's hundred percent. And I, you know, I travel quite a bit around the country, especially when you say there, Dale, about. These things are in other cities and towns. There are other things where there are closures, where there are more betting sites, where etc. etc. It's it's definitely true. And all of my friends who visit Peterborough love it.
2: Well, can I, let me just add here. Over the weekend, we had 150 plus people who came to this city most of whom, I'd say 99% of them don't live in Peterborough. And they absolutely loved it. They loved the fact that we've got beautiful green spaces so close to the city. You know, obviously we, we, they saw some really nice parts of Ferry Meadows, Orton Mere, all of that sort of stuff. Some of them ventured into town and still thought it was really good. I didn't actually have anyone sort of say a bad thing about it. So I, I think it's sometimes people um, that are local just want to have a gripe and that's it. It's not, no more
0: than that. We've got to end this podcast right now because this is such a high moment. Yeah, I really appreciate, A, that last comment because I agree with you completely 100% yeah. yep. and I think John does too. Yeah. Let's be positive about our city. Yeah. We love Peterborough. It's a beautiful city. Please. It's not perfect. Of course it isn't, no. but it's still a beautiful city. And for all of those memories that you, that you shared, meeting Roger Moore in the way that you did, having that m- amazing month in the summer of 1982 to be part of Octopussy – i now want to go and watch that film Mm. i'm gonna go look for it i'm gonna watch it again and i'm gonna look out for the scenes that you were describing uh del singh thank you for being our guest today
2: welcome thank you very much on the
0: peterborough podcast and there we leave it but we will see you again for another peterborough podcast very soon (laughs)